0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, it's spicy today. I like this talk we're having, and this poll online has kind of sparked some of this, where the fan base is split amazingly to me, the LSU fan base, on You take an 11-1 season for LSU, 11 wins, 1 loss. If that loss is to Alabama, or they go 8-4, and 7-5, and 9-3, and three, as long as they beat Alabama, you're happy. I thought this would be a runaway 11-1. and one. It's not. You have about 65% now saying 11-1, 35% saying, and eh, just beat Alabama. Kind of amazing, but I guess that's what's built up over this decade over in Baton Rouge. Let's bring on in Mike Detellier to talk a little LSU football. At Mike Detellier on Twitter, WWL NFL and College Football Analyst. Mike, what's going on, man? All right, brother. I'm good. Let me ask you. Let me just ask you that question right there. You you know this fan base as well as anybody. Are you surprised by that result that I just said there? I, I was. Not really. I mean,
1: <laughs> listen for me. It's not even close. Man, give me that eleven and one. <laughs> right, right. Uh, any day in a week because that eleven and one, and I think would put you in the final four. What the hell does eight and four do for you? nothing you want you want bragging rights that you beat alabama listen uh, everybody here you'd love to beat alabama but if my thing is if i get an opportunity to be in the final four and i play them again man give me that shot Oh, uh, but no, it doesn't. That doesn't shock me at one bit. Uh, but then they'd be the first people calling you and complaining. Man, that's all they did. Eight wins. Everybody thought they'd win double digits. <laughs> Believe me, uh, I've seen that mercurial run. And and that's how people are here uh, about the Alabama game. That everything is so focused on that, and that that game has meant so much the last few years. But man, I'll take that eleven and one in my shot at possibly getting into that Final Four, and I'll see him again. And you know what? I remember what happened in 2011.
0: That's right. Yeah, a little payback there. Yeah, that, look, that's uh, I think it's certainly a possibility this year. Uh, John Emery, uh, social media kind of lit a blaze. When there was a video, it was kind of sky cam from LSU. and uh, practice today, Emery kind of running away from everybody. I've heard whispers, Mike, and not even whispers. This is kind of open. Forget whispers. This is almost a megaphone that he's been real good and kind of as advertised in the LSU backfield so far.
1: Yeah, I got to see him play a lot, you know, because he played high school football, right up the road from where I live at Destrehan. And uh, he, he's as good as he wants to be, to be honest with you. He's athletic. He's a big back with speed. He can run with power. He catches the football so well coming out of the backfield. And um, Ed does a go off on people to talk about how good they are. His deal is you earn your stripes. And how he's talked, I did a couple of the Caravan, uh, Tiger Caravan tours with him, and just hearing early on and seeing early on what he's talked about in Tyron, Price, Davis, and Emory, you got one heck of a backfield here where Emory is tailor-made for what they want to do, and on the other hand, with Tyron, You know, he was a big thumper uh, in high school. You looked at him. He was a guy that was 240 pounds, somewhere in that range. Man, he has slimmed down tremendously. Uh, And, you know, he's in the 225 range. So not only you got one, you got two uh, with uh, Tyron Davis Price and also John Emery. So, yeah. Uh, And I think it's something Ed brought up during those tours when we got to uh, had those conversations sort of one-on-one, that he was, one, is that he was really impressed on, on what was put in offensively uh, by Joe Brady with Steve Ensminger and his short, quick passing game and the utilization of the receiving core and the tight ends with Sullivan and, and getting Moss back healthy. And also using the backs coming out of the backfield because uh, Clyde is a tremendous receiver coming out of the backfield, and so is Emery. And he really thought that this is what he visioned uh, he, he wanted offensively. And they're still going to be a power-running team, but he wanted that aspect of being able to attack teams. And I think what's going to jump out at people is the pace, how quickly paced this offense is going to be uh, this year. And secondly, Ed is, for as long as I've known him in his for over 45 years, his deal is best man plays. And, and that's his philosophy from when he started coaching in the 80s till today. He ain't afraid to play freshman. And we saw a glimpse of it in the spring with Derek Stingley and Apu Ica at nose guard. Now, Apu will probably, you know, he's going to alternate with Tyler Shelvin to see who starts. But it doesn't really matter. They'll alternate. And Derek Stingley is going to be the other starting corner. But also your punt returner. And that's the one area he really felt, um, and just, they hadn't hit. He thought Giles was going to be the guy. It didn't work out. They tried some other guys there still. Um, it didn't work. And we kind of have a little deal between the both of us about a player. And he said, Mike, like you always say, he's elite. He's elite <laughs> as a return man. And so, uh, that part, But it's the other guys, too, because it's Cade York as a place kicker. They've got a bunch of young guys at the cornerback spot, not only with Stingley, but you look at some of the other guys, if it's Rodarius Jones from Mississippi, Cardale Flott uh, from the Alabama area. I mean, on and on, those guys, and he has talked very highly of his two young offensive linemen, and Anthony Bradford from Michigan and uh, Cardell uh, from the Baton Rouge area, who's uh, nursing an injury right now. But you can kind of go on. He He's going to play freshman and in significant positions this year, despite the fact that uh, they are absolutely loaded on defense. And so you you can see, I think he's got the defensive line where he'd want to have it today. And then he's got that group coming in next year, which is really strong. I think he's there's still a little bit of, Building along the offensive line that he would like to do, but it's, it's getting there. And funny, Sethus, the first conversation we had, he got the job on a Saturday. Him and I got to talk for a while on the Sunday. And he's like, We need a big time quarterback. And he said, that, well, I'm not even debating that. And this is pre tour tongue of law. He's like, You know, you look at the quarterback situations, that really hasn't been the difference between us and Alabama. What's been the difference is we got beat up in the trenches the last few years. And we gotta, if we don't get better there, we're going to continue to fall back. And I think he's done a really good job supplementing uh, that talent and the depth along the defensive line, and he's getting there on offensive line.
0: I'm talking to Mike Dettelier, at Mike Totilier on Twitter about LSU football. You mentioned the LSU offense and the backs out of the backfield, the short intermediate passing game they're working on and the pace of play. Mike and, of course, Joe Brady, coach with the Saints, an offensive assistant there now with LSU. That that sounds a lot like the Saints offense. Mike, are we actually going to see that transition finally with LSU come, kind of coming out of the Stone Age offensively?
1: Yeah, because what you saw in the spring, I saw more – plays drawn up at junior high school games than what they showed you you know you go to the practices it's a totally different situation and you know you I see it and it's going to be a different thing but the one thing that jumped out at me what was different is the pace the fast quick pace of the game and Ed brought it up to me that look at games we didn't play well it, it was against offenses like that and he brought up a couple years back when they didn't match up well against Troy and got beat. And Syracuse, where they almost got beat, quick, pass, uh, fast offense. Mississippi State that year really <laughs> spanked their backside. Uh, last year, even with Florida not handling the RPO system really well. Um, and so I think he saw that he needed to make a change. And he wasn't hard-headed about it. He knew he had to do it. And so what Joe's brought to the table, I think, fits well. But, Seth, bottom line, they got the guy that can do it at quarterback. That's the big difference. Man, you can talk about all the schemes you want. If you don't have a guy that knows what he's doing with the football, then it's worthless. So, I think that Joe is the right guy for that offense. And when you look back at what Miles Brennan did at uh, St. Stanislaus, it's a similar type offense. And it's what Peter Parrish ran in high school. So, um, I think he found the right fit here uh, in what he wants to do offensively. But as much as we talk about Louisiana being DBU and LSU being DBU, um, Archie Manning and I had this conversation. I look back in the last five years, there's been 45 Division One scholarship players from the state of Louisiana at wide receiver. Man, so utilize the talent that's all around you. You see it everywhere. And so I think that that's a big part of it, too. He knows he's surrounded because the game in high school has dramatically changed in high school football in the state of Louisiana where you see – a lot of the spread offenses and, and the utilization of the House much more than, say, back, you know, we played back in the 70s. Uh,
0: Mike, you mentioned DBU, so I've got to hit on it here. And Coach O, even, you know, in his stand-ups at the podium, has talked about this special group. I mean, you got Christian Fulton, you got Grant Delpit, who should be a top 10, if not top 5 pick. You've got Derek Stingley, the freshman. As much talent there, maybe, as you've ever seen in that defensive backfield, Mike?
1: Uh, it's right at the top if it ain't the best. Uh, he shocked me last year. This was about a week before the opening game against Miami, and um, he was talking about Delpit, and who, who had got hurt, remember, in the spring, hurt his shoulder. And he had come back from the injury, and he's like, I've never given a player more leeway in the secondary to kind of freelance like I have done with Grant this year. And, and then he said, listen, let me take that back. He said, I did once uh, for only one player. He said, I had Troy Polamalu. remember, at USC. <laughs> and I'm saying, yeah. okay, so he said, Mike, they're different players. But he said, I'm telling you, if there's a guy that's going to tilt the field for us, he said, it's Grant Delpert. He said he can cover, can play to run well. We can blitz him off the edge. And I'll tell you what, uh, said so they got another young man that I think when, you know, Grant's going to hang it up after that final game. Uh, that's going to fit those shoes real well, and that's Marcel Brooks from the Texas high school area, a true freshman who looks a lot like uh, the young Grant Delpit.
0: Yeah, heard a lot about him. Six-two, one ninety-four, 194, has size real fast back there. Big instincts. Really like him as well. We'll be watching him. Uh, talking to Mike Dettelier, WWL NFL and college football analyst. Mike, got to ask you about the Saints real quick here. I want to stick with the young players and some guys that are shining at camp we didn't see coming. I'm wondering if you did and what you're seeing from Emmanuel Butler. Saquon Barkley is now kind of the talk of the camp defensively. He's out shining um, Chauncey now C.J. Gardner Johnson and some of the other young guys back there. Uh, special stuff from some young players for the Saints that, again, we just didn't quite think would, would stand out like this?
1: Well, to me, the biggest difference in this training camp than the others under the Sean Payton time frame, the defense. says we while there, it was like pinball football. I mean, the offense, bang, 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 down the field. Down the field, constantly. It's not that way anymore. It's a lot of give and take, and the defense is in there. And it's been the accumulation of the young talent on defense. And you're right about... Uh, what Hampton has brought to the table. He he was a ball hawk, and I'm still shocked he lasted as long as he did. And Chauncey Garner-Johnson, I'm telling you, when your lights are going to come on, he's going to play. They really hit on those two guys, and they will play significant time and and enroll positions on this football team and also help on special teams. But you know who I think is the most improved player, technique-wise, footwork-wise? Eli Apple. Mm. Man, you watch him. Aaron Glenn has done a really good job of sort of tinkering a little bit with his technical skills, and he's not as grabby as we've seen in the past, and his ability to mirror that receiver, he's done a really good job. He's worked a little bit on the back pedal and everything else with him. Really, really impressive there. So, uh, man, I like what I see defensively, and we, we don't see a lot of it in pads. But, man, Malcolm Brown. And and listen, I think a lot of Tyler Davidson, he gave you everything he had, and he was a solid player. Malcolm Brown's a difference breaker in the middle. He is a huge man that can clog up the running game. And I thought that was the untold story last year about this defense. Uh, In 2017, they gave up 4.4 yards a carry. Last year, 3.6 That's a big difference. People say, oh, they threw the football more on them. That's the reason. Okay, they threw the football 19 times more in a 16-game season. So give me another explanation. They did a really good job stopping the run and putting teams in more longer down and distance situations on third down. And I do think the acquisitions of a Demario Davis, of a Malcolm Brown, along with the young guys and the secondary, just looking at it, this has more talent, more depth than any other time in the Sean Payton era in the secondary. We haven't seen this type talent and this type depth in the secondary like you see today uh, with the Saints secondary-wise. So I've been impressed uh, on that part, and so – um We'll, we'll see. Um, I want to see the young kids when the lights come on because, you know what, that that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, you and me both, brother. Uh, Saquon. Apparently I did it again, Saquon Hampton, not Barkley, obviously, getting my my wires crossed uh, here. He's Mike Dettelier, at Mike Dettelier on Twitter, WWL NFL and college football analyst. Mike, appreciate the chat, man. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Seth. Appreciate it, bud. All right. Give us a call if you want to weigh in, Saints LSU. We'll go. To those phone lines when we come back, 504-260-1870. Our text line is eight seventy eight seventy. the last lap continuing on WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild.